You're listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward featuring Sarah Matthews, episode 79. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and experiences on spirituality, food, health, mindset, and on life in general. My goal is to tell you everything I wish I had known when I decided to take control of my reality and start living the life of my dreams. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I am your host, Casey. And before we get to today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about my thought process behind choosing the people that I was going to have on the show for the first few interviews of 2020. So, of course, I always have on phenomenal people that it felt really intuitive and right to have on the show, and my intuition is always my guide with having people on, but when I was thinking about who I wanted to have on in these first few episodes, I wanted to have people on that would help you, the listeners, be able to actually make change in your life, to think about things differently, to have tangible advice and tips and tools. And so some of the things that came to mind, some of the facets of life that came to mind in which we could all use some help were health, fitness, finances, love, spirituality, mindset, right? And so today... I am so excited that Sarah Matthews of Mindfully Wealthy is coming on the show because finances for me, at least, and I'm sure for most people looking over the statistics I've seen as I've started to get more mm, literate with finances, we often tend to just kind of blindly go about our financial way, right? So a lot of us don't know our numbers. We don't know our income versus our expenditure financially. We don't know exactly, you know, where this is coming from. We don't have extra money in case something were to come up or we don't have, we, don't, you know, it's just all of these different things, right? Like we are connected to this divine, infinite source of abundance, but often we aren't allowing it in, whether that's our beliefs or our mindset or because we're scared, whatever it might be. I'm so grateful to have Sarah on because she talks all about how she was in a less than ideal financial world, which actually was a representation of her limiting beliefs and her past programming around money. So as we get into Sarah's story, she was in a world of finance, but because of her past beliefs, she couldn't allow in abundance. And we talk about how changing our thoughts and perceptions doesn't happen overnight. It's a conscious choice that you'll always be working on. It comes down to what your core values are, what is your purpose for your money, knowing your numbers, having gratitude for bills, mindful spending, and so much more. We get into so much good stuff, and I'm just so excited for you to hear the wisdom and advice from Sarah. So without further ado, let's get right into today's episode. All right, everyone. Today, I am here with Sarah Matthews of Mindfully Wealthy. Sarah is a money and mindset coach who helps high-vibe individuals up-level their money mindset, become awesome money managers, and use money as an energy resource to create a life they love. I'm so excited to have Sarah on because with the new energy of this new year and the decade, money is something that we should be talking about and feeling into and feeling good about and knowing how to handle. So Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Oh, absolutely, Casey. I'm so excited to be here. So I saw that you earned your bachelor's degree in economics and finance, as well as an advanced diploma of financial planning, amongst other qualifications and education. So needless to say, to an outsider like me, that is extremely on top of your money and your financial game. So what made you realize that you weren't where you wanted to be financially? And how did you figure out what was holding you back? 
Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, so funnily enough, I didn't actually realize my relationship with money needed work until I was on a completely different development trajectory aside from, you know, my career in finance um, as a financial advisor. So um, about three years ago, I definitely started to explore more spirituality um, and more importantly, the power of the mind and how incredibly powerful our subconscious mind is. So um, I took a course in neurolinguistics programming, um, which is essentially how our internal beliefs and representation can affect our habits and behaviours. Um, I was studying, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware of, like law of attraction and manifestation. Um, so it wasn't until like a year or so later that I joined the dots and realised that my less than ideal financial world was actually a representation of my limiting beliefs and past programming around money. Mm. So um, that's when I tried and tested um, what I had learned on my personal development journey and applied it to my financial world, which I think for a lot of people, you know, our spiritual journey and our relationship with money are two very separate things. Mm. And that was also like for me in the beginning. So I really took an objective view of like how I related to money on a daily basis mm -hmm. and then realized it was no wonder my income and assets were not expanding because my focus was all wrong. I was focusing on the lack of resources rather than managing what I had in line with my core values and watching it expand. So, um, yeah, from there, I started actively working on my mindset around money. So deep inner work and finding out what my money purpose was um, and making a conscious decision to direct money to my dream goals. Um, I worked on my limiting beliefs. Um, so there was a lot of journaling, meditation and affirmations because um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners would understand that trying to change our thoughts and our perceptions doesn't happen overnight. It's a conscious choice that you're always working on. And I'm still to this day working on limiting beliefs that crop up. So there was that. And then there was also um, my level of deservingness. So what I thought I believed I deserved in terms of my income, in terms of the wealth that I deserved. So there was a lot of inner work. Um, I determined to, I was determined to reprogram my subconscious mind um, into assuming a state of wealth and abundance at all times. And so within a few months um, after practicing all those things, my income grew significantly. Mm -hmm. I was able to hit my six figures before turning 30. Um, I paid off all my debt and money started coming to me from unexpected sources. But I think the most important key indicator was that my feelings around money, every time I thought of my finances or I checked my bank account, I wasn't feeling anxious or worried. I was feeling like secure and like I had tapped into the abundance of the universe. And so that's how Mindfully Wealthy was born. Like I realized that I was onto something pretty powerful. And then I had this intense calling to help others on their financial journey to peace and fulfillment when it comes to money. I love that. And first of all, congratulations on six figures before 30. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes, yes. And it's so good to have someone on to talk about this, who has been in the place of, you know, feeling the anxiety around money, feeling the not knowingness of money. And it really makes me wonder because I'm starting to actually go through the shift, the beginning shift where money's starting to come in. I really did a lot of work, but for anyone listening, who's like, okay, that's all well and great, but I'm right now at the stage where I'm anxious and I don't have enough quote unquote, and I don't know how to pay my bills. What would you say to someone who's pretty much starting off at, you know, the most, the, the bottom really to be just blunt, yeah. like bottom level, what would you say to someone who just doesn't know where to start? Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and, um, to be quite honest, a lot of the people I coach are in that, um, space when I meet with them, you know, um, they're quite concerned about, you know, their money. They might have never looked at their money before. They don't know what's coming in. They don't know what's going out or they may have debt. So that's, um, it can be a big, there's a bit of money shame un, uh, underlying there. But look, uh, in terms of um, starting, starting your journey when it comes to like financial fulfillment, um, and this is one of the key things I teach in the Mindfully Wealthy um, philosophy, is that unless you pay attention to your underlying numbers, and this is because our conscious logical thinking mind is always going to be around your day-to-day -day money management. Mm -hmm. So do I have enough money to pay the bills? Do I have enough money to pay rent? And so by taking care of that and putting together a money management system, which is something I help my clients do, we can automate it and we can make it very clear. And so your finances on, your, on a conscious level are taken care of. 
And that is the first step because you can't reprogram your subconscious mind with thoughts of wealth and abundance when you're worried about your bills that are due tomorrow. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. So that's why um, my coaching techniques are around both the conscious, so our logical thinking mind around our day-to-day, how we structure our finances, and then also working heavily on the subconscious mind where all that manifesting um, comes into play. So my first, definitely first key step, and it's often the hardest step um, for a lot of people is to just even get those, that clarity around their numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so even just going through what I like to call a spending plan, I don't like to call it budget because it's just got too many negative <laughs> and it comes from like a lack mentality. It's like it's, the spending plans are not about restricting yourself. Um, one of the key things that I see with um, financial coaches or financial advisors is they will make a budget um, that is based on lack. So, you know, if I cut this, if I cut that, I'll be able to save X amount. Mm. And those kinds of, uh, that kind of uh, approach is not really sustainable. So when I'm sitting down with a, a client for the first time and we're um, sifting through their money stuff, it's all about what are your core values and what, what is your purpose for your money? Mm. And a lot of people will have a dream goal, like that might be, um, I want to start my own business or um, I want to travel. And it's like, if those, uh, if our core values aren't in some way in our budget, it's not going to be sustainable. So it's not about cutting out everything, cutting out your daily latte or your yoga classes and just, you know, paying the minimum and, and trying to save the rest mm. because that's just coming from a lack mentality and it's not sustainable. So yeah, definitely getting your numbers sorted. And as I said, like with Mindfully Wealthy, um, I've got a bit of like a system that I use with clients that not only... Uh, clearly aligns their money to their purpose, but also automates it as well. And what that does is it allows people to take a step back from their day-to-day money management because they're like, okay, I know that's sorted. I know I'm going to have enough money to pay my bills, to pay my rent. And then it allows us to then focus on our big dream goals. But you can't do that if you're you know, behind on your rent or you don't know if you have enough to pay your bills. Right. That was all so powerful. And it's so, it's so, it's so fun that you said that, you know, because, okay, first of all, when I started to look at my money and everything like that, I was like, okay, like you said, I'll cut out coffee and I'll cut off my yoga class and all this stuff. That makes you feel so lackful. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, no, I can't even go to yoga. And then it makes <laughs> me feel bad. And I'm like, and now I'm going to be crazy on top of, <laughs> of trying to get all my finances sorted. So thank you for saying that because I, I really had the either or mentality when I got into money and even still sometimes like, okay, well, if I go out to dinner here, I'm, I can't do this. So shifting that. And also I was one of those people who I could not tell you my numbers until like this past month. Do you encounter more often than not people who don't know their numbers? Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. It's, mm. it's, um, and, and you know, what's so funny, like people are so scared of, of their numbers yeah. and, you know, and I think if you're working off, um, you know, what my reality is now and then working backwards, um, of what that's telling you, mm-hmm. um, instead of perhaps, you know, looking at the bigger picture and tapping into that abundance of the universe. And so it's really about a mindset shift, but I'm not about telling people to cut out things that, aligned to their core values and in fact before we even get to um, doing budgets and stuff like that there's a lot of discussion around okay so what are your what are your core values what 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 do you want more of in your life mm-hmm. and then that's what that's what then feeds into the spending plan because what the way that I see it is money is an energy resource so if you make a conscious decision to allocate money to things that bring you joy and happiness mm-hmm then everything else is going to expand. And look, don't get me wrong, there's still that trade-off. Um, you know, yes, of course, um, you really value your yoga classes. Okay, well, what's something else in your budget that you might not be um, as aligned to or that you value as much? And maybe we take from there and reallocate it to those areas that you are really aligned to. So there's a bit of an art to it as well, because obviously everyone's got their, their basic needs, so like food, rent, Um, car um, insurances and things like that but then it's that money outside of covering our basic needs that needs to be managed so well and make sure that that's aligned to our purpose for us to feel you know um, 
joyful, I guess, when we're, when we're dealing with our numbers. Yeah. And you talk a lot about, about a lot about mindful spending. So this is kind of a good way to segue into that. So when you talk about mindful spending with people, how do you tell them to practice this? So it seems pretty, you know, self-explanatory spend mindfully, but that can be very hard. So how, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially when, you know, it's one of those things where for me, like when I was cutting things out, like say I cut out all the things that really did bring me joy, then I'd almost go on the other side of it and be like, F it and then spend a lot because I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us about mindful spending, please? <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because it's exactly like a, a restrictive uh, diet, for example, mm. like you'd be like, yeah, no, I'm going to cut out all carbs and you know, this is going to be awesome. And then like three days in you're binging on a, like, a pack of chocolate biscuits. You're like, screw it. This is too hard. And right. it's, 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 it's literally the same thing with, mm. um, with your, with your, um, finances. Um, so yeah, look, mindful spending, the first thing I get uh, people to start tapping into a mindful spending mentality is on their just day-to-day -day life, because a lot of people I find aren't tracking their expenses mm. really at all. Yeah. So a lot of the spending is actually habitual and we don't even realize we're spending that much. So mm. like, say for example, your morning routine is to, um, you know, when you get to work, you go down to the coffee shop and you buy a coffee. And that's something that you do every day. It becomes habitual. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people wouldn't even think of looking back at the past week and adding up all the money that they they'd spent on a coffee. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest carrying um, a little like notebook or even on your phone for a week and just writing down every time money flows to you and away from you. You know, I find that a week is a pretty good pretty good length of time. You can do it for longer if you like. And then you review it. So you go back and you have a look at what your spending is. And it tells a bit of a story. It tells a story of currently right now, what your money purpose is and where you're directing your money to. And if that's not in alignment with your goals and values and your, you know, your bigger dream goals, mm. then that's when you can be like, okay, well, you know, really spending money on like those manicures, like I enjoy it, but really I'd rather have more money to go to like yoga classes mm -hmm. twice or three times a week. Mm -hmm. And so by looking at that spending, you can then consciously make a decision and which becomes mindful spending when you're, you know, a bit more mindful about where you're um, directing your energy resource of money, that becomes a lot more highlighted and clear. Now for someone like myself, um, you know, I uh, track my spending um, on a, um, a personal finance app, which is all um, automated. So then I'll go in, um, I usually do it once a month now because I'm pretty around like where I want my money to go and that's mostly automated, but I'll still sit down and just have a look and be like, okay, Sarah, is your spending in a line with what you're wanting to achieve? And this is where our core values and goals are so important because if you don't have that, if you don't have your money purpose, then you're just going to be spending money on, on whatever like you want in that moment of time, but then you might not be progressing towards your bigger goals, which are ultimately going to make you even more happy. So there's an element of de delayed gratification there. But does that, um, does that kind of answer your question about the mindfulness, like doing a bit of, um, you know, uh, just tracking of what you would spend in a normal week? I love that. that. That's absolutely because I think it would be so helpful to anyone. I'm definitely going to do this to see where it comes in and where it goes out. Because I think like anything, like you said, if something becomes habitual, even if it's not really serving us anymore, it just becomes part of the norm. So maybe you get that coffee, but... Mm -hmm. Maybe it would be even more aligning to make it at home and save that money anyways. And then it would be big picture better anyways as well. So that's such a good point. And how, okay. So say like in the moment, say I'm like, okay, I could go get a manicure right now. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> yeah. want to. How do you decide in that moment without causing it? <laughs> like, like, because when I used to, when I used to be like, okay, is this lining? I'd get a little bit of anxiety because I'd kind of be like, well, I want to, but do I have enough? How do you kind of uh, navigate the waters mm -hmm. energetically in those moments of decision? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. And you know what? Like, funnily enough, a really good way to manage this is by having um, a certain amount of money in your budget dedicated to certain categories. So say, for example, self-love, like I've got a category for that. 
And every month I allocate a little bit of money to that self-love account. Mm -hmm. And so anything that falls under that category, like manicures or going to a day spa or um, even for me, like doing a meditation class or something like that, I have a set, a set aside an amount of money where I can freely spend that guilt-free knowing that my other financial goals are taken care of. Mm. And so when I'm doing um, spending plans with clients, um, that's exactly what we do. So it's like, I mean, self-love and taking care of ourselves is so important because not only does it help us feel better in the moment, but it also indicates to the universe that we have a high level of deservingness and that we want our money to be um, directed to taking care of ourselves as well as, you know, others or clients or something like that. So having an account that is purely for self-love, um, you know, I also encourage clients if travel is something that they really value, having a travel account and working through and just putting a set amount aside, you know, every week or every fortnight into that account and then whenever you're tapping into that, there should be no guilt, there should be no anxiety because it's built around a structure that, you know, is aligned to you. Um, and it also means that money will be going to the places that also need it. So they say your needs or your debt. Um, so it's just about getting really clear about um, how much of your money energy mm. do you want to be going to those things. And then absolutely, like, you know, I'll see if there's, like, money in there and I'll go out and spend that on myself, you know, with no guilt. And that was one of the biggest things I dealt with um, in the beginning of my money journey was just the guilt of spending money mm -hmm. on myself if I just didn't think that, you know, um, I had everything else sorted. And the only way you can kind of uh, get around that is by having a structure in place where you know that my other bills and stuff are taken care of. Because you're not going to go and get a manicure if, like, you know, you know you don't have enough money for rent or right. something like that. Right. So it's like lifting that layer of guilt and anxiety. And that's why knowing your numbers creates such clarity and control because you're in control about where you spend your money. And it just, it's so empowering. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea because, <laughs> well... <laughs> First of all, because it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like I have to be honest and I'm sure so many people are listening and maybe you were in this position where I was getting manicures and then not having enough for rent because I did not know my numbers and every like clockwork every month, you know, I had the money coming in for rent for sure, but then I didn't have enough. And it was just like, it was this vicious cycle of like, not having enough and having anxiety and that creates this cycle. So like you said, looking at the numbers first and then allotting in the like stuff that you want so that you don't have to feel bad. And then I'm sure from there, you won't feel guilty anyways, because you'll always know that everything's in place and that everything is taken care of and that you've taken care of like your most basic high hierarchical needs on the scale, you know? And so it's just like, everything is taken care of. So just on that um, as well, like even when it comes back to our conscious and our subconscious mind. Like, as you said before, if you were experiencing anxiety, um, you know, when it came to paying your rent because, you know, you might have spent more on other areas and you didn't have a clear understanding of your numbers, that kind of anxiety and those kinds of feelings are not going to allow you to think thoughts of wealth and abundance. Like, they're too conflicting. So, you know, I guess an underlying benefit of having, you know, your spending plan is that you're going to be able to release yourself of, of that anxiety, which is what we don't want to create more of, um, into something that, you know, you feel safe and secure. Okay, let's step up my mindset and let's start focusing on my bigger goals and, and how grateful I'm going to be when those manifest. Mm, yes, absolutely. Oh, it's so true because it's so funny. Recently I had a job where I made a really good amount of money and then I paid a bunch of stuff off. And then I kid you not, Sarah, <laughs> I got charged on. So I paid like a big lump sum of my car payment and it charged me twice and put me into the negatives. And oh. in that moment, I was like, oh boy, something's still in my vibration. <laughs> oh, it's hard to feel positive in that. You're just like. <laughs> and like I used to in the past be all freaked out, but I like calmly called the bank and it was totally fine. But when things like that happen, how can we, how can we get clear on what is going on <laughs> when things like a random bill or. Yeah. Or, you know, going into the negatives because something happened that you didn't expect. How can we start to get to the bottom of whatever is causing emotions like that that might not be in our consciousness? It might be in our subconscious. Yeah. 
Well, look, I think um, it also comes down to what our um, dominant thoughts are around money. Mm -hmm. So when that when you got that notification for that car payment, um, were your thoughts around, you know, oh, this is a big bill. I'm going to have to really put aside for that. Oh, it's going to affect how I'm going to spend the rest of that week because it's such a big payment. Would that be correct? You maybe had some of those feelings around, you know, um, how big the bill was and, you know, I guess not being exactly happy to pay for it. Um, and then that, that kind of uh, thought process can then lead to us getting unexpected bills because we're so focused on, you know, how the bills are going to cost us so much money and that, you know, we're going to have to put aside for them and we're going to have to take away from our other lovely things like manicures and stuff. Mm. Um, and that can then perpetuate a cycle of more um, bills and more debt. And that's what I often find with um, people who are, you know, in, say, a bit of financial trouble or debt because their dominant thoughts are around debt and not enough and lack, mm -hmm. that is actually what they get more of in their reality. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, the Mindfully Wealthy philosophy is really about trying to take care of your day-to-day -day money management. Like what, is, what your reality is shouldn't be what, um, you know, you want your future to be like when it comes to money. So having that system in place will then allow you to then focus on the fact that you have more than enough and that you can pay any bill that's going to come your way. And then that kind of creates that sense of security. And so more of those bills um, shouldn't be cropping up or, you know, the double payments and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's so counterintuitive to the mind to what you just said. And it's true though, but it's so the mind has such a hard time with, you know, not focusing on this moment where I don't have enough. Like it's just, it sounds so counterintuitive, but you have to look to the future. You know your numbers and then you look to the future and you feel better instead of just consistently sitting in the lack. And you nailed it with how I felt when I was paying my car payment. It's so funny. I had the money. I had, I had plenty of money, but I, it's, I almost, you know, I went through the paying process almost quickly as though someone was about to come and take my debit card and say, no, you can't do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It's so funny. Cause I was actually having a chat to a lady. Um, funnily enough, I was at a day spa, but I got talking about, <laughs> you know, I, I know. <laughs> we were talking about, um, <laughs> what I was doing, like, you know, um, that I'm a money coach and stuff. And then she started talking to me about, you know, um, a situation that happened to her recently where, you know, she had an apartment and she had a mortgage on her apartment. And then there were some pretty big repairs that had come up. So she had to apply for a second mortgage loan to be able to pay for the builders to do the repairs. Mm. And she said, Sarah, she's like, I got that loan approved so quickly. And the builders had finished their work. And she's like, I could just not bring myself to transfer that money out of my account mm -hmm. and pay the builders. She's like, I had to be followed up by the builders being like, I need, we need to get paid. And I, she's like, I left it to the very last minute. And I'm like, well, that is a great example of how you're resisting the flow of money. Um, now we do this because, okay, so we think like we have worked hard for that money and, you know, we're like, you know, it's ours. And we have that fear that if we let it go, even if it is to a good cause, like I asked, do you, do you like your apartment? She's like, I love my apartment. She's like, I love everything about it. And I'm like, so maybe it would be um, beneficial for you to frame that as in, you know, I'm so grateful I actually have the money to repair the place that I love to live mm. and not be focused on the fact that, you know, the money's going and it's not coming back to you but it's coming from a place of more than enough. And it's, you know, it's going to something that means a lot to you, your apartment, you know, your, your sacred space. Um, and, you know, have those feelings when, you know, you're paying bills as well, like gratitude when, you know, money leaves you is such an important energetic vibration to have because you're telling the universe, you're like, I've got more than enough. And without a doubt, it will come back to you. And that's another thing I encourage my um, clients to think about um, is donating to charities, to a charity that aligns to them um, because nothing kind of indicates to the universe more than giving away money that you don't need to or that you don't expect anything in return. Mm. Um, so that is also a really powerful way. But yeah, it really, it's about resisting the flow of money. And if you can have a different perception of when money flows away from you, so for example, when you paid your car note, um, you're like, I am so grateful that I have a car. It allows me to do this. It allows me to travel. It allows me to go and see my friends. 
and you're coming from a place of just gratefulness that you even have the resource to obtain that benefit in your life. Yeah. Wow. That's, I've never really thought about, you know, we all, we all journal about the gratitude we have for the things we have, but wow, I've never thought about being grateful really. Like as I sit and pay my electric bill, like I'm very grateful that I have lights on and that I have, (laughs) (laughs) I get to take a shower, a hot shower and that I got to charge my computer to speak with you. Like that, doing that as my money is going out like that, makes so much sense, but I've never really thought about that for what, you know, because I've been resisting clear, clearly and, and from a place of fear, right? That it won't come back, which is not yeah. true, but that's, you know, that and, was, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, this is another big thing, like uh, with clients who have a lot of debt, they're like, Sarah, like, you know, I'm finding it hard to be grateful about my financial situation because I've got all this debt And, you know, I'm just like loaded with money shame and, you know, how can I change my perception of my current situation? Mm. And it's like, you don't have, and this is an exercise I get people to do when they have debt. Um, So for example, say you had some student loan debt. Mm. Um, A lot of us do. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we don't really enjoy paying, but it's like, if you can then uh, find a story for that debt, a story to be grateful about. So say, for example, you know, my student loan debt allowed me to um, learn a new skill and develop my education, which is going to give me so much more opportunities and just being so grateful for the reason behind that debt. And so as you're paying your debt off, you are not embodying, oh, you know, I can't believe I have this debt. You know, it's it's taking away from other things that I want to do. It's I am so happy to be able to um, pay for this and enjoy the benefits of having that education because it's going to really, really help me in the future. Um, you know, and that can be a very powerful thing in itself. Yeah, absolutely. It's just shifting, like you said, shifting that mindset about all of the stories we're telling surrounding everything because money really is energy. And that actually leads me to my next question is, Something that I kind of realized lately is that I pinpointed the ways I expected money to, okay, I worked this week and that is the one way I can get money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talk a little bit about how there are plenty of ways if we allow ourselves to be energetically open to money, if we're open-minded. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, so one of the questions I get asked a lot is about, you know, Sarah, how do I manifest more money? I want to manifest, you know, $1 million, please. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. But the secret to that is actually, it's never the dollars and cents that we are wanting to manifest. Mm-hmm. Yes, money is an exchange for the things that we want to create. It's a resource that will enable us to um, manifest the experience that we want. But is it really the dollars and cents that you're after or is it an experience or is it, um, so say, for example, you know, you're wanting to buy your dream home. Mm-hmm. You know, you might know like, you know, a dream home costs a million dollars. Absolutely. But focusing more on that actual um, dream home, like getting super specific, like have a photo of it in your, in your office and feel the feelings of what it's like to actually be in the dream home because then you're not really, because look, let's be honest, you might uh, get that dream home through a way that might not have never have occurred to you. It might not be about having those dollars and cents in your bank account. You know, it, it might be, it might be an inheritance that you didn't expect was going to come your way yeah. or something like that. So I always try and get people, okay, um, focus on what it is, your dream goal and how you would feel and what that would look like rather than, okay, I want to manifest, you know, a million dollars in my bank account. And that will be how I get my, my dream goal. So it's about working on the um, experience that you actually want to have. And then the money you'll find will flow to you. But as you just said, if you're just expecting the only money that's going to come to you or the only way you're going to experience abundance is through your, you know, your nine to five job, then that, that is extremely restrictive because we all know that the universe is unlimited. Mm. And so it can be very hard to kind of stretch our minds to accommodate that. But I, it's a much more um, effective way to manifest what what you want when yeah. it comes to money. Oh, that's such a good tip, and it makes me think about something that I've been grappling with mentally. <laughs> so, with money, is how <laughs> would you describe? How can I word this so that it all makes sense? How would you describe 
how money flows to us. What I mean by this is I often think still that I have to work extremely hard for money. Like that is a story that we have all told so often, mm-hmm. but how, how is a better, what is a better way to look at money rather than thinking, you know, it's hard. I have to work for it. Like what's a better way to view our energetic exchange and relationship with money in general? Yeah, absolutely. So like, like, as I said, um, energy is, um, sorry, money is an energy resource and it is, it is a flowing resource. And as soon as you tap into that flow by having those thoughts of a higher vibration and you are grateful with money, you are taking care of, uh, care of your money, mm-hmm. you're sending that signal to the universe that, you know, um, I, I have more than enough. And that is what you'll get more of in return. So it's, it's about being aligned to that energetic vibration of abundance. So, you know, if you're, as I said before, always talking um, or always thinking you don't have enough, then what effectively you're doing is pushing away more money because mm-hmm. it's like you're not in that alignment with that abundance. And it's really, it, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a blind faith that you have to have. And this is something that was so hard for me, especially because of my background um, in finance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd been taught that, you know, the, the numbers, um, you know, are always right. And, you know, it's, it's what you see in the numbers in your bank account that is what you are attracting and creating. But it's like if you can get your mindset to that next level and you're like, okay, like, yeah, this is where I might be now. But, you know, I know in all, in all embodiment, and in all faith that the universe is going to bring me what I want. And it might not necessarily, as I said before, be dollars in a bank account, but it might be the experience that you want to, I guess, create with money that will then um, appear in your reality. So there's a lot of manifesting that comes with, you know, those bigger dream goals. It's a, it's number one, underlying taking care of your money management day to day. But then there's a lot of mindset stuff and coming from that higher level. And that's, that's definitely how I was able to um, hit my six figures. Like there was no, there was no real um, practical um, thing that I did behind my numbers or anything like that. Um, It was a real internal um, belief that, you know, I, I deserve this and, you know, I'm aligned. I am that person making that money now. Mm-hmm. And within a few months, that then created my reality. So, yeah. Yeah. All the principles of manifestation. It's so funny how sometimes they go out the window when it comes to money. Like, I can do it all day for other things. And then it's like, <laughs> we get to money sometimes. And, but it's, it's like you said, you know, I had the best two months of my life financially as an entrepreneur in the past two months. And it was just going with the flow and allowing and focusing on who I wanted to be and how I wanted to feel more so than anything else. And then, you know, it's, it's those times where you're out for a walk in nature and you get a new client and you're like, what? I didn't have to make a funnel, a sales funnel and market for my new course. (laughs) Like it just came, came out of nowhere. Like, and so that is just phenomenal. Now, another question that comes to mind is for anyone listening who is like, okay, so I get it for myself and I get it as an individual. Do you have any insight or tips for people who have significant others? So maybe, you know, one person say, you know, is into this whole idea of manifesting and they're getting on board with it, but their partner drags their feet. How can they kind of, what can they do to bring themselves together as a couple financially and kind of cumulatively raise their vibration if you have any tips on that? Yeah, look, absolutely. No, I think when um, you're co-creating as a couple, um, it's, you can only ever control how you perceive something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it's never really a good approach to try and force um, a partner to, you know, stick to something that they're not completely on board to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, um, having your partner on board with some, some dream goals is going to mean that there's going to be some alignment with how you prioritize your money. So, you know, um, I've been married for a few years now and with our goals, there's some goals that, you know, my husband has separately to mine, but then we have our, con- our joint dream goals. So, you know, owning our dream house and things like that. 
And so um, the manifesting thing, like I, I always um, am using those techniques and, and things like that. And my husband's actually quite spiritual as well. Like he will um, completely understand where, where that comes from, but he might not be as actively into, you know, maybe, maybe doing a vision board or something like mm-hmm. that. It doesn't really matter because the thing is, is that if he has that desire, um, doesn't matter how he chooses to express that desire. So, he, you know, it might not be manifesting, but he knows deep down that we're going to achieve that goal. And, you know, he has that mindset mentality. And so it doesn't really necessarily mean you both have to be manifesting that, but as long as your um, desires are aligned, um and and as i said before like you can have different goals as well mm-hmm. um that's completely fine but the power comes when you're co-creating an experience that you're both aligned to and then that will then flow on to okay so let's make a um let's make a decision of how much each we're going to direct to our um account to save for that dream house mm-hmm. and then And that comes down to personal preferences as well as other competing goals. But having that conversation of money as a couple is so incredibly important. In fact, I would say, like, I I think we all know that money um, can be, you know, one of the leading causes of divorce. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work when one person um, is completely non-transparent with their money because there should be at least one common goal, even if it's, you know, a holiday together, Mm -hmm. something that you guys are wanting to co-create together. And, you know, you can go, go away and do all your manifesting and journaling and that's awesome. And then the other person, hey, that might not be for me, but I'm directing my money energy um, as we agreed to that account. So I also have that desire and I also believe that it's going to come to fruition. And that is how um, you can have two different sides to it, but still come together. Oh, yes. A desire, a cumul- a, like a core desire together. That's so interesting and fun to think about because especially when um, Lindsay and I, my, my partner and I, I am the spiritual one and she's far more like 3D physical, let's have a plan. And I'm like, it'll flow. <laughs> she's like, right, yeah. babe, but like, what's up? And I'm like, I- <laughs> so that's such a good tip to just like have some core goals together, but also recognize that separately. Now, if we were to come to you as a couple, would you work, uh, do you work with people as individuals or do you do couples as well? No, I, I definitely do couples. Um, couples is awesome because it's, um, uh, you get to see how two different people view finances mm-hmm. and it can be, it can be interesting because as, um, as you know, there's lots of different types of personalities and opposites attract. So, you know, I have a similar situation, um, with uh, my husband like he's actually the creative he's a musician and he doesn't care about the numbers and he's just like yeah let's go with the flow (laughs) whereas I'm actually a little bit more of like a numbers person Mm -hmm. so you know I'll have my spreadsheet up and and all that kind of stuff Um, but yeah look um, I definitely do uh, couples and it's great um, to come and see um, a money coach when you're combining your finances because it can be a really hard area to navigate like no one gives us you know um, the only experience we have with that is, you know, how maybe our parents dealt with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, especially in today's world where, you know, there's so many technologies and things available to help you manage your money, um, you know, and another great example is, you know, um, so a couple might have two different ways that they want to track their money. Like, you know, one person might be really tech savvy and be like, yep, no, I just want to have a phone app. That would be cool. And then someone else might be like, oh, I really like pen and paper. So I'm just going to, you know, once a week sit down and, and uh, write out my spending. Mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't really matter how they choose to get there, but as long as that there's a common goal, um, you know, about what they want. What is something that you guys both really want to achieve in the next five years, 10 years? Um, you know, and they might not even have had that conversation themselves yet. So it gets pretty interesting, um, you know, and that's one of the questions I get people to discuss before coming to see me so they can, you know, chat to their partner about, you know, long-term financial goals and, and their values. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. I love that idea because coming together would be so much easier. It's funny when we, when my girlfriend and I moved in together for the first time and we are, we put all of our finances on, a, we typed it out and we hung it in our snack closet and, and the door closes. And then that was the only time we saw it. 
<laughs> I was like, eventually we were like, alrighty, it's time to uh, probably get that back out and start looking at that again. Because, you know, and yeah, that's interesting because the worst thing, you know, that I could ever imagine happening is those five or 10 years passing and being like, wait, what happened? Where did the time go? We, you know, and getting to the root of those questions, like you said, those core desire feelings, especially as a couple, but as an individual as well, like, what do you want? You know, how, how do you want your life to be? And then the finances will flow from there, but just taking the time to slow down and get grounded and look at the numbers and getting everything settled and, and it will be fun eventually. I used to be like, yeah, no, but it like something clicks inside of you because it's just, it feels good to be on top of things, even if yeah. it's scary at first. Oh, absolutely. Like the clarity. And I get told this all the time after my sessions, everyone's just like, oh my gosh, like I have so much more clarity around mm. my numbers and instantly that feeling of, you know, oh, like um, anxiousness around money and, you know, having to worry about if they've got enough money to pay the bills that gets subsided. And that in itself is the first step to, you know, expanding your growth mindset because you're taking care of those initial underlying feelings that might be hitting you on your day-to-day -day money management. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something I've realized also, I'm sure you work with people at all stages of their finances, the beginning, the middle people who are probably thriving. But something I realized for myself that made, made me feel better is last year when I was struggling financially, I was like, well, I'm glad I'm going through this now before I manifested the millions of dollars because that would have just went up in flames somehow because <laughs> you don't have those fundamental building blocks and those emotional resources, then it will, it will, the same thing will happen. It's really not about the money. It's about the feelings at the basis of everything. Oh, definitely. And that's why, you know, sometimes I, um, chuckle when people are like, Oh, you know, everything will, everything will be fine. Once I earn more money, mm. Oh, look, I'll invest or I'll save my retirement, you know, when I'm earning more money. Mm. And it's like that, that, phrase there is a very key indicator that it's like, well, you know, the universe is not going to give you more until you are completely at peace with how money is flowing to you and away from you. So it's in your best interest, doesn't matter where you are in your like financial journey, you know, you could be feeling really, really, um, you know, negative around debt. Um, and it's, it can actually be quite um, a confronting experience going to see someone and actually putting those numbers in front of you. Mm -hmm. But what it does do in time is that it heals those wounds, it heals that money shame. And that is the only way you're going to move forward. Because as you said, that, that person might get a pay rise or get a windfall, but until they're actually got that underlying structure in place and that they understand what their core values are and their money purpose is, then nothing's going to be stopping them from, you know, getting into debt further or, you know, creating those, or having those same habits that got them in place. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And this actually makes me think of something that I saw on your website recently, which is your prosperity planner. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Because it is fabulous. Okay, let's see. I will let you know when I can hear you, but your video, your picture is back. So that's good. Oh, there we go. I had it on mute. There I don't we know go. what happened. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> no worries at all. We'll just cut that part out. So let me, I will re-ask. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I recently, when I was on your website and looking through your blog and reading all of your resources, saw something called the prosperity planner, which seemed very exciting to me. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, so that's a little project that I've started working on. Um, haven't fully released it yet, but essentially it is a planner that incorporates the Mindfully Wealthy um, philosophy. Mm. So it will actually help you with things like mindful spending, um, using law of attraction to actually um, harness the energy of money. And it will allow you to also tap into your life's desires and your goals and your money purpose. And so the planner is designed to actually help you um, manage your finances as well as also uplifting your money mindset to then allow you to manifest the things that you want in life. Um, so I'm actually really excited about that, that one. I'm actually going to do a Kickstarter campaign, um, hopefully uh, early this year. Um, and so I'll definitely share it to you and uh, your listeners. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that I, I actually am really excited about. 
Yeah, that's such, when I saw that, I saw the subscribe for updates and I was like, sure will, because that is something that would be so fun and easy for people to have. You know, we all, a lot of us have journals, but to have one specifically for abundance, I think is really important, especially just to get your thoughts out there, get those goals on paper so that, you know, every morning you wake up and you're like, okay, here are my feelings, the desired feelings, and here are the goals so that I can look at them. And so, yeah, anyone listening, that's definitely something to look out for. I just wanted to bring that up so that once it's out there, we can all get on top of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's um, yeah, it's something I'm really excited about. It's got some really cool wealth affirmations in there as well. Um, it also like asks you about um, you know, questions for journaling prompts. So you know, I felt abundant this week when, and mm-hmm. it just gets you tapping into those higher vibrational feelings. Oh, yes, I love that so much. And speaking of high vibrational feelings. Is there anything in specific that you do in like your daily routine or or during your weeks or months that are specific to abundance? So maybe is there a specific abundance meditation that you do or like a daily ritual that you do? And if so, will you share some of those routines and little things that you do for abundance? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I use a couple of techniques, um, usually on a daily basis. Um, So the first and foremost is um, gratitude. So I'm always trying to find things that I'm grateful for. And this is not necessarily about money. It's, you know, about life in general. But I find that putting um, myself in that high vibrational mindset um, is so, so important. Um, So uh, daily gratitude journaling. Um, I also like to um, have a, what I call a money date with myself um, once a month and usually with my husband as well. Um, And during that, I actually use some crystals. So um, my favorite ones are pyrite um, and citron. Um, Both are around attracting um, financial success and abundance. So I make make sure those are charged and I actually spend some time just looking at my finances, seeing how everything's going, but being in a really high mindset about it. Like you don't want to be looking at your money when you're not feeling, um, when you're not feeling positive. Mm. Um, The other things I like to use, so uh, as I said before, limiting beliefs and money blocks um, always prop up. They're always coming up, you know, oh, I'm never going to earn enough money to live the life that I want or something along those lines. So I'm always always on the hunt for those limiting beliefs and trying to dissolve them with the use of um, affirmations. So I will always see if I've got a limiting belief and then I will reframe that into something that is an affirmation, what I would prefer to believe. Um, And then I say those to myself um, morning and evening before I go to bed. Um, The final thing that I like to do, this is really good for um, manifesting really anything, not not just money, But um, the passage to our subconscious mind is um, most receptive in that state just before we go to sleep and just when we wake up in the morning. It's called our alpha state. And it's when our subconscious mind is really susceptible to the thoughts that we have. So when I first wake or just before I'm going to sleep, I always start playing out my dream goals. So it might be something that I'm wanting to manifest through money, but it, you know, say for example, our dream home, I will, you know, um, experience that, um, you know, in my mind before I'm going to sleep and before I wake up in the morning. So I'm impressing that on my subconscious mind. Yeah, that's, I actually just, um, I just started to realize how important it was for right before I fall asleep. I was kind of doing it when usually I was pretty good about like, right when I woke up being like, I'm so grateful to be alive today and then saying a few things. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like before bed, it's very easy to like replay the day. And of course it's the mind's job. So it will, it will do this, but to see, okay, well this went wrong or I didn't have enough for this. And so I've been recording myself saying mantras or saying, for example, I recently had a business goal that I wanted to hit. So I just recorded myself saying, I am so grateful for blank and just copy pasted it a ton of times so that it was keep replaying because right before bed, like you said, thank you for sharing that. That's such an important point is like the best time to just go into your dream state with all of those dreams and those feelings and just be with it for that long. Yeah. And really all the techniques that um, you know, I just described is all about um, uh, impressing our subconscious mind with those thoughts um, of a high vibration. Because as I said before, our subconscious mind is so incredibly powerful. So I was in that situation um, before I started Mindfully Wealthy where I was 
always just limited to the numbers. I was always just thinking about, you know, my financial reality as it was. And so I was creating more of that, that reality. But when I started uh, like segmenting that and focusing, like consciously focusing on like the bigger, better picture with my dream goals and trying to reprogram my subconscious mind, that's actually when the magic happened. Like that's actually when everything started to just be effortless. And, you know, managing your money shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be an effort. It should just be this natural flow of just you being in alignment um, and, yeah, and enjoying life. Yes. And so that leads me to ask you, how can everyone listening work with you? Where can they find you? What do you offer? Tell us all about that so that anyone who's listening who's like, okay, yep, I got to go. I got to get on this. How can they work with you, Sarah? <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. So yeah, I run one-on-one sessions. Um, so I've created this session called the Mindfully Wealthy Intensive, and it's created for spiritual types to really just get a kickstart on their wealth journey. And it's a blend of practical money skills where we dive into your net and create those many, uh, money management systems that I was speaking about before. We spend some time looking at your core values and your goals. Um, and then you also get a 60 day money mindset plan. That's going to help you up level your money mindset. Mm -hmm. So, um, to book that, you can just jump onto the website. So www.mindfullywealthy.com. And then for, um, for the new year for 2020, I've also released some, uh, training called the money mindset refresh. Mm -hmm. So you can sign up for this, um, via the link in my Instagram bio. So it's just at mindfully wealthy, but it's four training videos and a workbook that each focus on an area that impacts our money mindset. So you can up level your mindset and step into 2020 feeling empowered about money. Amazing. And I will have those links in the show notes for you guys. So anyone listening can just click right in there and I will have Sarah's website as well as handle so you can find her and follow along. Sarah, I ask this to every guest that I have on the show. Do you have a quote that resonates with you that you would like to leave our listeners off with today that you would like to share? Sure. So one of my favorite quotes is change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And that's by Wayne Dyer. And I love this quote because it tells us that we have the inner power to change how we perceive what's manifesting in our reality. And I think this ties in really nicely with the mindfully wealthy philosophy, because it doesn't matter how bad you think your money situation is. You can always make a choice to change your thoughts and feelings around money. And that's the first step to creating wealth um, from the inside out. Oh, I love that. And you know, what's so funny. I just had Megan on Megan Zublak and that was hers as yeah. well. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. I actually, yeah, I did an interview with her not long ago. So maybe yeah. our energetic frequencies are oh on God. the same page. That is right. really that's like, crazy. That is the high vibe quote. You have heard it here, folks, first. That, that is the yeah. high vibe quote of 2020 because that is too funny. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I need to listen to that interview with Megan then. I, I, I definitely do. When was, uh, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so, oh, it just came out literally last night. So that's so funny. What are the odds? But you know, oh my gosh. I'm not, <laughs> it's a good quote. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good quote. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know Wayne Dyer is, oh, was, was the best, but anyways, well, Sarah, thank you so much. I am so grateful for you coming on and sharing all of your insight and knowledge and good vibrations around money. There is so much need for this and openness around money. So I thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. And I am sure um, I'll be speaking to you again. And I'm wishing all your listeners and yourself an abundant and prosperous 2020. Yes. All right. Thank you so Yay. much. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And that is the episode with Sarah Matthews, Mindset and Money Coach of Mindfully Wealthy. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so enlightening and inspiring hearing someone openly talk about finances and money. I think for myself and for many people, I'm sure there's this stigma and this heaviness around money, but it's supposed to be fun and exciting and expansion inducing, right? So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your tips and insight. Like I said, everyone, Sarah's information will be in the show notes. And if you feel like you could be working on your financial literacy and relationship, check her out, right? And so as for me, what's going on with me, nothing new. I have just been honestly on a manifesting tear lately. I've been drinking a lot of cacao and spending time in nature and being present and meditating extra. 
And something that is very exciting actually is that this show, this podcast, now has its own Instagram page. So it's I can't wait to tell you dot podcast. There's no apostrophes or anything. I can't wait to tell you dot podcast. And that will have, you know, all of the new releases. It will have fun giveaways I'm going to start doing. It will have quotes from myself and all of the guests on there. And it'll just be like this really high vibe page that will be supporting everything that we talk about in this show. So if you're interested in that, give that a follow. That way you can just be in on what's going on over here because I have some fabulous guests coming up for the the rest of the year. And then, yeah, I, uh, I will be coming on and doing another solo episode soon on some health things that I've been going on. But otherwise, if you need me, I'm on Instagram, on stories quite often, as you probably know if you follow me, at Casey underscore Edward. And otherwise, slide into my DMs, shoot me a message, or you can head to www.caseyedward.com to see my new website and what I am offering right now. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I'll talk to you soon.